Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. To hire drivers, you've got to work fast and smart. Did you know Driver Pulse, a driver-facing mobile app from 10th Street, is two to three times more effective than texting and four to five times more effective than email at getting drivers to respond? Driver Pulse is the largest source of free driver applications in trucking, downloaded by almost two million drivers to find jobs, complete training, and communicate with carriers. Companies find who they're looking for, and drivers find their homes with Driver Pulse from 10th Street a name you trust. That's 10street.com. T-E-N-street.com. Welcome back to another edition of Chuck Call. Today we are covering detention times and how to make shippers have less of it. Don't forget to subscribe to Chat Call the newsletter on FreightWaves.com if you haven't already. Today, we are joined by Kevin Nadeau, founder and president of True Load Time. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you. Glad to be here. I am very excited about today's episode. We're going to get into what I like to consider some of the spiciest tea and gossip in the transportation world, which is detention times, um, because it's something that affects everybody and no one really has a good solution on and people have very strong opinions on it. So before we get into that, why don't we get some background on you and kind of why you started True Load Time? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, truckload detention is, uh, man, it's my entire existence right now. Uh, so prior to founding TLT, I actually spent about 20 years on the truckload side of the industry. So I'm a trucking guy through and through, fleet management, driver manager, overseeing shops and equipment and dispatch and all that kind of fun stuff. So um, that's my background. I'm a trucking guy who got into tech. I'm not a tech guy who tried to jump into the trucking space. So uh, I've been in the industry now about 25 years, and uh, this is definitely truckload detention and dwell is definitely something that's near and dear and very personal to my heart. I uh, I love it. It's been something that um, actually since my very first day, uh, someone asked me for uh, in transportation, someone asked me for detention. And I was like, what's that? Because I didn't know anything. It was like my first week. And they said, oh, well, my driver's been waiting. Like, they need to be paid. And I said, okay, well, like, I don't know how to do that. Let me go ask somebody. Um, and they said, oh, well, it doesn't start till two hours in. And I was like, well, why are, like, why does someone have to wait for two hours if they're not getting paid? Like, I didn't understand that. And so I've had beef with detention since I first found out about it. Um, and I just, it's, it's never really set right with me. So, uh, let's dig into it. What kind of patterns and trends have you seen regarding detention time within the industry as a whole? Yeah, sure. Um, and, and let's be clear, truckload detention dwell isn't anything new. Um, it was around, it was around long before I got into the industry, you know, when the first truck made its, its maiden delivery 50 years ago, you probably had the first detention uh, event shortly after that. Um, so it's not new, but Essentially, most of the time it just revolves around the the traditional market cycles. When capacity is pretty tight, the tension typically shores up because shippers and receivers are on better behavior. They're working more closely with their 
carrier partners to get trucks in and out uh, because they don't have the luxury of just stepping out to another uh, provider. Uh, and then the cycle we're in right now where capacity is a little bit looser, uh, these locations tend to slack a little bit, start holding trailers a little longer because they've got a, a little more leverage. So that's traditionally what we see at just the traditional ebbs and flows with, with capacity. Uh, you know, you've got black swan events in there, but uh, most of the time that's, that's what we see. I kind of, I like that. That's some, I mean, you're right. Pretty much since the dawn of trucking, there has been detention and there will be detention. And cause it, I mean, it does truly from the shipper perspective, it does take time and the dock perspective, it does take time to load a trailer. You know, you can't just throw it all on. Although I think what is it? Arc Best has a tool that's like make like loading trailers in like five minutes, which is cool. But, um, a lot of the problems that, you know, when I've talked to people about how do we solve detention, how do we kind of make it better? Everyone always says, well, it's the counting part, the counting and the verifying that seems to be the biggest holdup. And um, but yeah, since the dawn of time, it takes a minute to get loaded. Um, I kind of wonder what they did like many years ago, because I don't I think I think a semi truck came before a forklift. So how, I kind of wonder how they did that. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know which came first, the forklift or the semi-truck. Chicken or the egg? How does that work? Exactly. Um, so like the, tr the trends that we've had, even in the last few years during the pandemic pre and the before times and now, detention has definitely changed. What kind of evolutions have we had even over the past few years in regards to where some of those common hiccups are and what some of the core issues are that are causing detention rates to skyrocket. A lot has changed here uh, lately. Um, you know, the EL, ELD mandate was a big deal for us. It was the first time we were actually able to track and catalog and definitively uh, identify arrival departure times. You know, prior to that, it was driver anecdotal tales, uh, which are difficult to take back to your, your customers. Say, look, you owe me money because my driver said you do. Um, you know, that that boat just doesn't sail. Uh, but with ELDs, um, most of our locations should be geofenced. We have those arrival departure times. So it makes our, our life a little bit easier. Uh, but when it comes to factors that contribute to long wait times, um, a lot of it has to do with the location itself. You know, it starts with, first of all, personnel. You know, do they even have enough personnel to effectively load or unload your equipment? Um, that wasn't as much of a factor before COVID, uh, but I think a lot of businesses uh, just ran short of employees. Uh, people just, yeah, <laughs> they just didn't have enough people to get everything loaded or unloaded. Um, and then you also have like the physical layout of the facility. Some of the buildings, especially up in the Northeast, just aren't designed for our modern 53-foot trailers with, you know, sleepers attached to them. It can be difficult to maneuver. There may not be a lot of yard space. If you arrive, you may be told to park down the road and wait because there's no room elsewhere to sit. Um, so you have that aspect. And then you also have the technology on the shipper receiver side. Are they using an appointment scheduling service or is it just kind of first come, first serve mayhem? Whoever shows up, you know, gets the door. Um, Mary, you alluded to it a minute ago with the, uh, the counting. Are they pulling everything off on the dock and bringing it down and counting piecemeal? Are they using scanners? Uh, are they setting it in a staging area? So do they have that technology? And then, you know, the equipment, do they have forklifts and even room to stage everything? So 
you know, there's a lot that goes into it from arrival to check-in to the actual loading, unloading event itself. Yeah, I feel like um, pretty much any, I have, um, I actually was at a shipper one time. It was a very, very, very small shipper. You know, we were talking to them, seeing if we could help them out. Um, And they were like, oh, let me go print that off for you. And they left and went to like the, the massive on a metal stand dot matrix printer and printed me out a piece of paper from that where you have to like fold the edges and rip them off. And I was like, Oh, no, 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 no. And so like when we started digging a little deeper, they had one dock door and it was this tiny thing in the middle of um, of the city of St. Louis. And I was like, this is this is bad. Like, how do you even fit a semi truck here? It's like, well, you know, back up just right. We usually go out and tell them how to do it. And then, you know, Johnny gets the fork, the pallet jack and does it. And I'm like, your hand unloading these with a pallet jack. I was like. Are we sure we want this business, guys? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, you're right. We we see it a lot, and uh, uh, I did a I did a little bit of delivering in my day, and uh, I would be impatient. I take the pallet jack with me, and I'm the guy in the back, like I got to go. I'll pull the freight off myself, but some of these locations really frown on that, especially if it's a unionized environment. These you don't do that anymore. So unfortunately, you're you're at their mercy sometimes. Yeah. And that's not because I mean, if you're sitting there and you're unloading an entire 53 foot trailer into a very small warehouse with a pallet jack, because the forklift is a little too big for the warehouse, it's you're going to be there a while. And that's also just like not fair for that person that's trapped there for four hours while Johnny and the pallet jack goes and then they print off the dot matrix printer, your your like confirmation and everything like that. Like nobody needs that in their life. Um, I actually, when I first saw it, I was like, I'm sorry, that still exists. Like, how do you get paper for it? Like legitimately asking, how do you get paper to refill a dot matrix printer? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm joking around laughing, but you're absolutely right. It, it is a serious matter for our professional men and women out there who are trying to make a living and, uh, and come home safely to their families at the end of the day or the end of the week. So uh, you know, I, I joke a little bit, but it really is a significant matter beyond the financial aspects. I mean, these are these are human beings that we're talking about, and whether you're holding them up intentionally or not, you are delaying their life and their ability to earn a living. And we should we should take it seriously and do everything we can, everything within our power, to make that a little bit better. Oh, absolutely. When it comes to, um, like you kind of touched on it before, before ELDs and you just kind of had to take the driver on their word of, oh, I've been sitting here for a couple hours um, on that, you know, drivers will complain that they were taking a long time to get loaded, et cetera, et cetera. How do you kind of know what's a valid complaint on a shipper versus, you know, a driver claims he's been waiting for two hours, but his appointment was really at six and he got there at four. So he hasn't actually been waiting. How do you kind of identify what are problematic shippers versus just someone that's having a bad day and maybe the dock just got absolutely slammed that day? Sure. Um, it's challenging. So let's let's kind of break it up in, in little segments. Um, I think, first of all, you need to understand and know your drivers. Um, do you have a habitual complainer in your fleet or is this the type of driver who, when they say something, they, you know, they mean it. You can put weight behind, uh, behind their words. Um, and if you've been in asset management, you've managed drivers, you, you kind of know what you're dealing with. Um, secondarily, it comes down to knowing your customers. Now, it's, you know, it's a lot different whether we're talking about a, a spot market or a contract uh, load. Spot market, you're just kind of at the whim. You've never been there before, so you, you get what you get. 
hopefully the broker that uh, gave me the load uh, was a little bit transparent forthcoming with the data so you kind of know what you're getting into um, but you know it's it's kind of a crapshoot there on the contract side um, hopefully hopefully you've got a little bit more data you've done your homework you've bid on the lane accordingly you kind of have an idea about what to expect Obviously, if it's a drop and hook location, you ought to be able to get in and out of there in a reasonable amount of time. So now it comes down to more of now you're going to start looking at turn times and how many turns can you make with one driver and one piece of equipment per day? You know, what does that look like? Um, so there there are multiple factors that go into it. But prior to TLT, what we really relied on were our drivers to tell us. Uh, our tribal knowledge, because we had just been in the industry a long time. We kind of knew, oh, that place, be careful, or, you know, maybe that place is okay, or, you know, I have no idea. We just got to go and figure it out. Um, so it was, yeah, you go with your guts, you go with what the driver says, or you just go on hearsay. Maybe you can, you know, jump in online and look at some Google reviews, but, um, you know, you can't put a lot of weight in those uh, as well. So it's really kind of spotty where, uh, doing a lot of what I call assumption-based bidding and assumption-based planning, uh, you know, at these locations. I definitely lived that life of, oh yeah, the shipper says this, this is all of the discovery that we found and the, and like we're submitting the bid. And then the first day, some, a driver shows up and it's like, nothing that you told me is accurate. Like they're not even open at this time. They don't receive it this time. And you're like, well, they filled it out themselves. How do they not know what time their warehouse is open? And so I think even just, you know, I don't know what it is between, especially with the, in the brokerage and the 3PL setting that um, there's almost like a, I'm going to hide information from you to see kind of like how willing you are to help out. And I don't know where that came from because it happens both on brokers to customers then from customers to brokers. So I don't understand where this came from, but um, I just I feel like there should be a little bit more communication and teamwork to kind of get things started and get things rolling. Um, because ultimately, at the end of the day, if the broker doesn't have all the information to give the driver, then that shipper is not going to get service the way that they would like to, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, no, you make a good point. So, you know, for as long as I've been in the industry, carriers like to point the finger at the broker and and then brokers are doing the same thing to the carriers and, you know. I don't think it's any one person's fault. The uh, the broker is doing their best to get as much info as they can from the shipper, receiver, manufacturer. Uh, they pass along what they have, seemingly. Uh, sometimes at these larger organizations, these shippers, um, manufacturers, there's a huge disconnect between management, sales, and the actual ops people on the floor. Um, you know, a lot of these big companies, they produce widgets. They make stuff. Shipping is just a line item somewhere. So that's their goal is just to get it out the door. The details really aren't as important because we we make widgets. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, agreed, more transparency is needed, which you know is a great segue for what we're doing over at TLT. <laughs> and what might some of that be? Do you guys uh, potentially have some of the data on um, you know how to how to be a better shipper? Be a, a the fancy word everyone wants to throw around now is a shipper of choice. Um, do you kind of have these actionable insights that shippers can then take and implement within their supply chain? Yeah. So at the end of the day, when I try and boil down the tension to its most irreducible nugget, the conclusion I came to was, look, we're just a massive industry that's incredibly fragmented. I know a little bit about this location. They know a little bit about that one, so on and so forth. But 
most of the time we are just, we're doing assumption-based bidding and planning, but there has to be a better way. I had a truck uh, up in Chicagoland uh, on a backhaul trying to, trying to reposition back to the south. And we just sat and we sat and we sat and the driver's calling and texting. You know, we're doing all we can uh, to try and get the driver to the door and get, get them moving. But, you know, it's frustrating uh, for everyone involved. I didn't make money on the load. I've got a frustrated driver. I've got a stressed out driver because they're trying to make up time. And I remember thinking, God, there's got to be a better way. I'm, I'm not the first carrier to ever service this facility. The one before me that was here figured out that, man, this place sucks. Um, so they didn't go back, but I didn't know any better. So I just walked right into that situation. Could there be a way for us to share some, uh, some intelligence with one another to, to educate us on what we're getting into? Nothing sensitive or proprietary or anything like that, but just high-level aggregated performance details that we know in advance. This is a two-hour wait where there's a high likelihood that this is three and a half or four and a half or five. Maybe I do still choose to go to that facility, uh, but at least I know up front and I can price it accordingly. I can plan it accordingly. I can inform my driver to manage uh, his or her expectations. I reduce their stress and anxiety on the road. They don't feel like they need to speed up to make uh, speed to make up time. You know, it's just a little bit of insight. So it's just a TLT, true load time, is a giant search engine for shippers and receivers that contains anonymized and aggregated facility performance data. Mins and maxes and medians, 25 and 75 quartile ranges, percentage of loads in excess of two hours for both loading and unloading, uh, live and drop events for all equipment type. What are you walking into, whether it's spot or RFP? You know, here's, here's what we know based upon everyone else who has been to that facility. It's, it's transparency in its truest form. Um, and I don't know of any other way that we will ever be able to identify and mitigate truckload detention other than this, because what we've been doing for the past 50 to 60 years hasn't worked. We're still dealing with detention. It's just, I learned the hard way when I sent my truck somewhere that we waited a long time, so I don't go back, but Mary has a fleet and she doesn't know any better, so she sends her trucks. And this cycle just repeats itself day after day, week after week, year after year. And that's what we're trying to kind of break down with TLT. Um, so it's, again, it's just about informing individuals where they're going, empowering them with the data to make those decisions. Maybe you do still want to go to that five-hour wait because it works with your driver's schedule. They can take a 10-hour break. You know, they, they can do whatever they want to do, but at least you're informed and you can price it and plan for it. I think a lot of times it's that surprise. It's that, it's that operational, you know, surprise that throws everyone off. We just weren't anticipating and planning for it. And that's what we're trying to mitigate uh, with, with TLT. I absolutely love that. It's just kind of that you want to know what you're walking into with a situation the same way where if you have a really bad day and, you know, a, a shipment's blowing up, you want to take a minute before you call someone read through everything that you have, get your ducks in a row, talk to everybody before you do go back and do it just so you know what you're walking into. Having that knowledge is almost invaluable because like you said, you can plan your drivers accordingly. Most of the time, if I knew a driver was going to wait, I would say, you're going to wait. And I tell them ahead of time and they're like, that's fine. I can plan accordingly. We can take a break. We can do whatever. Like that way, that driver isn't just like chained there going like, well, I might be done in 30 minutes. I might be done in three hours. We don't know. And so I think that that is almost invaluable, kind of like um, 
when you go and look something up like a place on Google, it's like these are the busy times that it's here. And this is about how long people spend here. And, you know, I love that as someone who Googles a place before I go there because I need to know what the parking situation is. That just that little bit of knowledge is just such like a soothing thing. And just a little bit of extra knowledge really does go a long way. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely. So, um, again, I'm not here to say that we have all the answers and have it figured out, but um, it's such a simple concept. Look, someone has been there. What was their experience like? And it's, you mentioned the shipper of choice. What I'm, what we're building over at 10th Street is a truly objective shipper of choice. And it's based on telematics data from uh, brokers, drivers, carriers, big, small, uh, across the industry. It truly is unbiased. And it's a, uh, it's a, it's a great snapshot of what you can expect at that particular location. Exactly. It's just that ability to know what you're walking into and just a second party to, or another person to validate and understand your expectations. And also that has to be great because if you knew a, a place was great six months ago and then, you know, maybe management change, leadership change, and now suddenly it's not that great, then you can kind of see the trajectory of it going downhill. And so something that like, oh yeah, you see it in and out of here in like an hour and a half a couple months ago, while now everybody's sitting for three hours because some management changed and that way that shipper can go back and know that specific change at that specific location is hurting their overall ability to get things delivered. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So we are almost out of time. But there is a question that everyone that comes on the show has to answer. And you, Kevin, are no exception. Are you ready for okay. it? Fire away. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Ooh. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Let's go. No. Okay. Because it's a sandwich has two pieces of bread. It's something sandwiched between two pieces of bread. A hot dog is more like a, a hoagie or a gyro or something like that. It's one piece of bread with something in it. I am also team hot dogs, not a sandwich, because again, when you go to a deli, you're not going to see a hot dog menu. And when you go to a hot dog shop, you're not going to see like a pastrami on rye on the menu either. It's two separate things. And I, I maintain that. Love it. Love it. <laughs> well, if anyone wants to reach out about driver detention, your thoughts on hot dogs and sandwiches or trends you're seeing with detention on certain specific shippers. Basically, if they want the tea on who's the good shipper, how can they reach you outside the show? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go to 10street.com, and uh, there'll be a link there if you search through all our all of our different uh, products. Uh, True Load Time is there. Click on, hey, I want to know more. Let's get a demo, and uh, you will hear from me. I'll reach out. We'll set up a, a quick intro call, and I'll fill you in on all the details and explain how you get involved. Awesome. And... You can probably ask Kevin any of your burning hot dog questions either. That's right. Absolutely. Find Check All the Podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to check out all the other incredible FreightWaves podcasts, such as Loaded and Rolling and Point of Sale. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash check call. See you on the internet.